In the words of a different, more famous posh, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want, and that's three more points for Sheffield Wednesday. And we got them, and we'll talk about them. Here on the Owls AmeriCast, Sheffield Wednesday Opinion with American Accent. I'm your host in suburban Utah, Jeffrey Paternostro. Uh, the only thing I had uh, in the house to drink for beer was a 10% Imperial Black Lager. So I was making a grocery store run this afternoon. And strategically, figured I should probably get something that's not going to be 16 ounces of a 10% beer for this show. So I pulled out a variety pack from Bohemian Brewery, which is a, a local. I've had some of their stuff, although not their... They're sort of like mainline Central European styles, which, you know, as a brewery named Bohemian Brewery, you expect they would do a lot of. They do. And I play a little roulette. I stuck my arm into the fridge without looking and pulled out their Brewski, a German-style Pilsner, which is a little bit, apparently a little bit lighter and less hoppy than their Czech-style Pilsner, which was also in the variety pack. Uh, I'm going to pop it open and drink it right now. Haven't even tried it. There we go. Need a little sip before I pour it out. nice nice pilsner it's it's almost getting to that weather it's still like 37 degrees every day here but uh sun's staying out a little bit longer so march march deserves a little bit uh, a little bit crisper beer than some of the darker stuff we've been drinking on the show recently myself included however i suspect our new england owl justin desarger might be drinking a darker beer justin what are you drinking uh, yeah. Hey, Jeff. Uh, and still feeling very wintry here in uh, in New England. So I'm staying in New England, getting Maine Beer Company's mm. King Titus Porter. Good choice. Uh, yeah, no. They're all good choices, I, I but saw... their their porter is very, very good. It is true. And they're good people, too. Yeah. Um, this is uh, a lot of the proceeds from this are, are donated to uh helping save gorillas, you know, shit like that. But uh, yeah, main, main beer company is tough to go wrong. We should note that King um, Titus is the name of the gorilla at the, uh, I think it's the Portland Zoo. So that's why the, that's, that's the connection there. There you go. Um, it works. Um, and yeah, even there, I mean, you know, I don't really care for IPAs, but even their IPAs, their IPAs are, are all, I'm not are a big IPA guy, yeah. but they're all really good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh, quite enjoyable. And, and you're right. It's a dark yeah. beer, probably another, Another week or two of this, and uh, actually in another week or two, I'll be in 80-degree <laughs> Charleston, but different kind um, of drinking experience. for now, this works very much so. Uh, we're obviously legally able to consume these beers, as is the Wednesday unbeaten streak in the league, having hit 21 games against Petersburg. We'll talk about that game, cover the Wednesday news, and preview a trip all the way down to the south coast of England. As they face off against Pompey. But we will start with another, the 10th, 1-0 win over Peterborough. My word, uh, last week I did not even attempt a Barry Davis accent. This week I will not even attempt a Michael Bluth impression from Arrested Development, but just him. I think when you win or don't lose, to be more accurate, 21 consecutive games in the league, like everyone chips in at some point, right? And I was a, a little hard on Jaden Brown last week. I I thought he was fine when he came in, but I, I, I he looked a little bit off the off the pace. I mean, not reacting as quickly to you know balls out to the wing or the channel as you would have hoped. And again, he has not had a lot of match time. He was really good on Saturday. Obviously, the goal that wasn't a goal, 
but that was hardly his only uh, excellent foray forward. Uh, and his interplay with Bannon, especially, I thought on the left, was was a key part of their offense, especially in the second half. And of course, his I mean, his goal saving tackle, which we don't you don't think of Jaden Brown when he's playing left wing back as a particularly defensive minded fullback, even even compared to you know Marvin Johnson and and Reese James. But yeah, that was Dominic Iorfa like. The way that's, he tracked exactly, back and then made it exactly the ground it. and used his, I mean, he's not as physical as Iorfa, but, you know, used his body, went shoulder to shoulder and got his leg in there and just put him off enough to get the ball to roll to Dawson. Cause that could have been a, that could have very easily been an equalizer in that situation. That, and that was their, I mean, honestly, that was their biggest threat of the whole game. <laughs> I thought, um, I, I, the one thing I do laugh about Jaden Brown is that the, Boston Celtics of the National Basketball Association yeah. have two star players, and one of them is Jalen Brown. So it's it's hard for me to to mix them up sometimes, or not mix them up sometimes. But um, yeah, he he looked good, and and he was a guy that we talked about, you know, in some of the cup competitions, yeah. or you know, late in some games where you know Gaffer's trying to get him in and trying to give him a chance. He wasn't really stepping up the way we hoped he would, but he he sure did this. Uh, this past weekend, he was a he was a difference maker, and even if they call that an own goal, uh, you know, I I think he was good for it. He was uh, a very nice play. Yeah, I have not much else in this game, and your word is control. Yeah, it was a masterclass. Our back three, uh, which was what I just uh, I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. I just love watching Aiden Flint head the. Oh, it's too, just, too much fun. It's just, he's not he's not particularly quick. He's not great. Maybe he's okay with the ball at his feet, but he's probably behind literally every other defender Wednesday have played on the back line this year with the ball at his feet. But you know, in the air, just you can you can lean on him, you can pull on his shirt, you can wrap him up. He's just gonna he's gonna win headers and the ball is just gonna go pinging that back in the other direction. Header. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's amazing. No, a little, un, little unlucky not to score there too. It's a nice save off the line. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um, he's had a couple. He had yeah. that one off the crossbar a couple of weeks ago. Um, he's he's due. Um, but yeah, that the back three has been tremendous for a while. Um, you know, with that one half uh, of football excluded, uh, and the midfield three was outstanding today, as they have been in Box Buyers and uh, Bannon. And so when you had those six defending the middle of the pitch, uh, you know, in, in that was a team that, you know, they had been, Pompey had been scoring a lot of goals. Like, they, they had a lot of guys. We talked about them in the preview, mm-hmm. uh, just how good they were. The manager was off. Yeah, that, I, the, the, winger, the winger that you highlighted last week, was, was he was pretty tricky. Harris I, I Clark, mean, yeah. Yeah, but he actually, I mean, he didn't actually do much, right? There was no end product there. They kind well, of Iorfa, penned him up. Right. Yeah. Iorfa yeah. shut him down. He kept him outside. He let him dance around. And anytime they tried to cut in, Iorfa shut it down. Anytime Iorfa, you know, was playing a high line, they tried to put it behind him. He ran it down. Mm-hmm. I, I thought Dom Iorfa was fabulous. Um, it was a weird game. I mean, the, it was the officials a weird game. were the officials I, what were atrocious. Else is new? Well, true. Uh, boy, George Byers lost his shit for a few minutes there. Yeah, he's. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was gonna I something. Was something gonna about Peter Rowe, I guess, because he also obviously had the argument with Jamie Smith when he got taken off yeah, in the return true. fixture. But yeah, I mean, it's, I mean they it's. Oh, I mean, Baz got furious. That that card yeah. he got was well 
Well, well, yeah, he's sir, like, sir. I do love that. I, I got the ball. I'm like, well, you eventually got the ball. Yes. After, After you sliced him down from behind. Yeah. yeah. Through his legs. That was, uh, that was tough. But again, it's control. Like we were. I, it was, it was I, not I, a, it was not a particularly energetic first half performance. Right. And I do, no. I do think that whatever they, whatever Darren Moore said in the halftime team talk, whatever they tweaked. Tactically, obviously, even before the the Jaden Brown goal, they basically had complete control over the first 20 minutes of the second half. Well, if you look, it actually started shortly after. Mm-hmm. Um, if you look, it was at the right right after the goal mm-hmm. that just looking at, at some of the stuff online, it was right after the goal, Wednesday just took control of the game. You know, it had, nothing had really happened and been you know, again, fairly dull. We were content to just shut them down and uh, get a few a few counters. And after we scored, we just held the ball and pushed them forward. And they, they really, again, those one or two half chances aside, um, they had nothing. I heard uh, somewhere that uh, their XG, their expected goals, was 0.06, yeah. uh, which is three shots on goal. And I believe that... Uh, two of them were from more than 25 yards out. So, I mean, just a, just a staggeringly dominant uh, performance defensively by Wednesday. And again, we're, you know, we're starting to get to that territory of, you know, it's hard to do as a Wednesday fan to be, you know, positive and giddy and start looking at, at the, you know, possibilities for real success. But, you know, not only do we have that points total to, to kind of take an aim at, um, I believe they, have an outside shot at uh, the all-time uh, clean sheets record. Yeah, we talked about it last week EFL. with Mike a little bit. That's one. Did you? Be, yeah, I think they like, familiar. I, but they're they're conceding well, they so one. few goals, especially at home. That like it's kind of like shocking when they give up goals, right? At this point, you know the two at this the, point the two Ipswich goals were like admittedly very nicely worked uh, set pieces, which happens i mean they when's the last time they gave up a goal in the league from open play like it's been a while <laughs> i know i mean i guess it was way. literally um, the uh well, they had the two to, the, two the, to milton keynes yeah the right? the milton keynes one, one, fair enough one was a uh, yeah. absolute hammer right um but aside from that one nothing uh one nothing five two three nothing two what is it, what is it 22 uh, was it 22 goals allowed in 33 games so it's like almost i think yeah. it's, it's exactly like uh like a point six six goals per game, like uh, that. one nothing, one nothing, yeah. five nothing, two nothing, two one, nothing, nothing. Like just a tremendous, tremendous team defense, mm-hmm. and you know enough people that uh, I was at no point worried about us winning that game. Which again, just such a strange sensation. Right, this is like, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it again when we or... get to to the Portsmouth match. Like the last few of these. I think maybe Charlton even more than and Peterborough was on the road. They've all felt like banana skin games, right? Right. At some point, they have to just have a bad day at the office and lose two one and like chase it and not get there. And you would think so. You would think so, but when they when you play such a well organized defensive game week after week, it's very tough to lose, right? If you're not conceding, and and they're usually good for a, at least a goal. Sometimes, obviously, they're capable of scoring far more too. Like, 
you're putting these teams in a situation where they have to score two goals to beat Wednesday, and they just do not concede two goals that often. No, it, it takes incredibly high-scoring teams, or as we saw with MK Dodds, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a rough, uh, sure. couple rough bounces on Iorfa and a 30-yard screamer or whatever that was. Like, it, it happens. No, they're, you know, they they are a bit much. They're, yeah. they're on top of this league uh, for a reason. And, uh, we, again, we are just not used to seeing professional in-control performances from Wyoming State. Even when they win in the past, it's ugly. It's like, it's not hard to enjoy, right? Somebody pointed out on Twitter that they've lost like on one Saturday 10 a.m. game. Or I guess... Uh, October 4th is our last loss in the league. Right, and I've joked on Twitter and on this podcast for years, just like Wednesday for many previous seasons have been just absolutely capable of ruining your weekend before it even gets started. Right. And just every Saturday totally. is great. Whatever. Go to the Italian They're market, up take the kid to swim year. class. Yeah. I'm having, fun. <laughs> having a good day. It's been, uh, it's been really nice. Mm-hmm. You know, a bit of a, a side thought about this. I've, I've sort of said, I think we all have said, we don't give a shit about winning this league. Mm-hmm. It just go up. And, and I, I continue to not, but this is the first time the last couple of weeks I've really started to want it. And it's not because I want to put it on a fucking honors board yeah. or remember any of that, but it's because I know the players want it. I right. Know like, it and also, like, you know, them. whatever. It's 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 the farm league, as you like to say, <laughs> farmers league. But I think they haven't they actually won a league title since sixty sixty one, right? Which is the last the streak uh, that they f- broke. Fifty nine. Fifty nine. I, I saw. Yeah. So yeah, it's you know. Look, all you can do, look, some of, not not many, but some of these players are responsible for them being in this league to, to a certain extent. But, <laughs> you know, you, you, you can't control who you play, right? I mean, you can more in soccer than, than other sports, perhaps. But they've, look, we said this at the beginning of the season, right? Like, they have, this squad that was built with this manager, you know, after the playoff disappointment last year, it's got to be automatic. Right. And like, they've, they fulfilled that. I don't, and they have, like I said, they have some hundred point seasons do not come along that often ever really for Wednesday, but these kind of years, like you kind of gotta get into the business end of the table there's certainly, you know, there's always going to be one, you know, you're always going to, you know, biting your fingernails a little bit in these games. It's unavoidable, but I do think we need, and I do think we need to just enjoy them a little more. This one, enjoy the performances. I'm, and, I'm trying, trying to do that. This is not, yeah. this is a once in a lifetime season. Like we're yeah. not, hopefully, hopefully we're seeing the end of this league, <laughs> yes. but you know, we're also not, you know, I don't see us doing this in the championship because nobody really does. The Burnley's sure. a fucking wagon this year and certainly not, anything higher and it's just I, that's a great point that's what i'm trying to do right now and it's it's so fucking hard having been programmed for years of this club yeah. that you know you don't get overconfident and you don't you know just when everything's going good yeah. you know but we, we said when like they went that down that like oh maybe they can at least like we can watch some winning football we'll get right? more wins we'll yeah. get more in there yeah. they've lost three matches all year so yes <laughs> we are definitely seeing yeah. more wins and look it's it's enjoyable. Like it wasn't the this and the Toronto game, right? They weren't the best game of games of football, right? They're not. They're not playing this kind of like liquid, free, th- free th- flowing, dominant, uh, 
kind of attacking football, no. but it's League One. Nobody plays like that, and certainly nobody playing Wednesday is going to set up to allow Wednesday to play like that, regardless. So sometimes you need uh, blood and thunder. Sometimes you need a deflection on a cross from the left wing. And we're getting all that this mm-hmm. year, and it's really, it's it it has been really enjoyable. Uh, one quick shout though for Peterborough. I swear to God, they were fucking time wasting in the second minute. That was, that was that was that was I was a little late they turning were, it on. So uh did every throw in, even in even yeah. you know three minutes into the game, every throw in they had to put the ball down. They had to talk to somebody and they picked it back up. And they looked around and like, what are you guys doing? You know that that team sucked. They deserved <laughs> to lose. On that note, we'll take a break. Come back. Fair enough. Cover the Wednesday <laughs> news and preview a trip to Portsmouth. Now it's time for some Wednesday news. Uh, It is March 6th as we record, so they get player of the month out reasonably, the results out reasonably early. Unsurprisingly, it's Liam Palmer. Um, He didn't seem to pick up a little knock. He was not in the injury update that we're about to get to, so I assume he's fine. It was just, uh, just precautionary. It was towards the end of that game. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's going to be player of the season. I think uh, not, and Bannon's been quite good, but he obviously missed some time in there. And Palmer just a day in, day out is, uh, I guess, a 7 or 8 out of 10 every week. And there's been a, a large part of the defensive success he's been in, he's been in that back three he's played some right some right wing back but he's generally been in that back three and again not not his natural position i don't know what his natural position is at this point i don't think he's actually played like central defensive midfield in 11 years or something but you know wherever they um, ask him to, wherever they ask him to play it's defense offense you know his, his work rate at this point is just i mean just obscene the, the amount of running he's able to do from a, a ostensibly defensive position and still you know, get back well, was it in our uh, was it in our interview we had with him where where he mentioned his training regimen? Well, was the it was the running, right? Just it was how off season? Yeah, was uh, he running a running 6K for charity? Or yeah, ten k every day. Yeah, and like yeah, that's, that's, that's six miles every gets you a pretty good yeah, pretty, pretty good base for preseason. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's tremendous. Um, yeah, I'm just looking down his list of. Uh, his list of, of games and positions. Um, yeah, he just, it's, he's mostly, and I think that was due to a lot of injuries. He was on the right side of the back three um, mm. for a lot of this, but uh, more recently he's been back up as a, uh, uh, the wing back. And he also, what, one, two, three, four league goals this year. I yeah. believe he has a cup goal as well. And coming in this year, he had three. <laughs> yes. I mean, I, I, I think it's going to be tough to not. It's tough to not say that Bannon has been our best player this year. Um, he's just. I mean, he's I think, too good for this league. But he is, but I think the the consistency, even outside of like Bannon's injuries, the consistency like game to game of Palmer, and the consistency within the game too. Because like Bannon, look, part of this is. If you're playing Sheffield Wednesday in League One, you're doing whatever you can to 
take Bannon out of that game or limit him in any way possible, right. even if it leaves openings in other places, right? So well, you think you can leave Liam Palmer open? But... Yeah, but you got I me. Mean, yeah, apparently, you can't. Uh, he's, he's got a nose for it now. No, but I don't. I don't want to take away from from this because I know the last time I was on the pod, we talked about Palmer likely being the player of the month, and and I don't, you know, as much as I say that about Baz, I I'm okay with mm. Liam Palmer being the front runner for player of the year, exactly for what you're saying. It the consistency, the flexibility, and and you know, not in a small part the fact that he's. He's one of our own, mm-hmm. you know, this is, this means more to him than probably almost anybody connected with this club. So it's just so nice to see the success he's having. Actually, I'm not actually looking at it. I'm surprised. He's only actually played in two more games than, than Bannon has. Although I suspect some of that is when Bannon's injury happened and, they had a bunch of cup games, as I recall, so they were able to sit him a little more, a little more easily without missing that money in the league. Well, either way, great, great month for Palmer. Yep. Cheers to him for for getting the accolades he deserves. I will not, since I pulled up who scored, just to check that stuff out. <laughs> I like every defend, oh, whatever. I'll 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 round up Michael Heckway, who's listed at six point nine seven. Uh, but Heckway, Flint, Famewo, Hennigan, McGinnis, all seven out of 10 or better on average, which, you know, when again, when you don't concede goals, that's, that's what's going to happen with your, with your back line. Well, that's exactly it. I, I love who scored. I think there's a lot of stuff on the website that goes beyond just mm-hmm. sort of simple numbers, but there, a lot of their ratings formula is put together by your participation in events. So if you're Barry Dan and you yes. hold the ball a long time, <laughs> you, do. you get point, you get more points for that. Look, he's going to have a lot of successful passes. Run. He's going to have a lot of key exactly. passes. That's just going to be him. Yeah, which is it's Barry Bannon. Uh, um, I miss Mark McGinnis. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he like he gave, By a, the way. he gave a very kind of like boilerplate quote recently. It's like. Yes, I enjoy my time at Wednesday, but I need to play like the highest level of football possible. Hey, Cardiff goes down and Wednesday goes up. Give him a call. <laughs> I will play at that. Play at that. Play at the highest second. level possible. That dude, that dude can definitely play at the championship yeah. level. But uh, t- so Wednesday put out a statement this week. The club did, uh, based telling the fans to stop fucking throwing things on the field. And I would just like to reiterate. I mean, I'm not you know, stop fucking throwing things on the field. I don't think our listeners are probably doing that, but this is like oh, we're gonna I like look the quality of the officiating isn't great. We get that, but just like don't. There's no need to ruin the vibes, right? The vibes are really good right now. Vibes are great. No. Yeah, don't be a dickhead. Oh yeah, the statement. Uh, I'm just wondering. The statement should not need to be put out, but obviously it did need to be put out because of. I think it was another one. I don't know if it was in the Peterborough. I think it was a, uh, yeah, it was in the Peterborough game. Right, something was uh, thrown on the field. But well, those refs were poor. Not yeah, that I'm sporting. No, anything I mean, they're, the they're poor every but, week. But, you can't like you're gonna. They really are. Uh, other news. There's some. Uh, so the Sheffield Star had some inside info on the Marvin Johnson hearing. Which I guess they used the administrative video. I don't know if that's different from the that, I follow feed. I don't know if it's like the tactical cam or something. I don't, I don't yeah. know. 
But they were able to determine that Marvin Johnson uh, did elbow the Ipswich Town player in the face. The Ipswich Town player even said, like, I will come to you. I know it was him. I will come testify whenever you want. So, uh, uh, Neymar, don't do, don't do it again. Don't do it again, my man. I know stuff happens in the scrums, but on those corner kicks, but just don't do it again, please. Uh, Marvin Johnson will be out for another game this weekend, serve the last of his three-game suspension. But back in consideration for the squad for an injury update from Joe Krant, the Sheffield star, uh, Slyo Delibashiru, David Stockdale, and Reese James drive back. It's, not, it's unclear if Stockdale will actually be second-choice keeper, but if he's not like fully, fully, fully fit for obvious reasons, but uh, I was surprised he wasn't even in the squad last week. Yeah, he's carrying a knock a of some strange. sort. James, they just wanted to give an extra game, I guess. I don't know. If they, I don't know if they, if they didn't get him back up to full like match fitness before he got thrown back in the squad or what. I mean, we we can afford to as well. Right, they have a, a little nice bit thing. more backline depth now with uh, with Aiden Flint in, and maybe some more coming at some point. The aforementioned Michael Heckway might be back in training in the next few weeks, maybe targeting an April return. So uh, a similar situation for Malik Wilkes as well. So more squad depth to come. And yeah, this is, this is the, not just the business end of the fixture table. It's the crowded end of the fixture table. There are a lot of two match weeks uh, coming up after this Saturday. So, well, I can't believe it. I, I see when we talk about, um, uh, Portsmouth, they play tomorrow yeah. uh, again, and I was just like, "Oh, hey, how are other teams picking up games on us at this point?" Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, um, uh, I think Bolton only plays three league games this month or something. Yeah, they're they're behind, but you know, as we've talked about, this is that stretch, right? We got Portsmouth, Bolton, Barnsley. Yep. And once we're through that, it's Forest Green, who's basically already down. Cheltenham, Imps, Oxford, Accrington, Stanley, Burton, Bristol Rovers, Exeter, Shrewsbury, and Derby. Uh, that's uh, they can't uh, yeah, they can't get many or most of those points. Yeah. Uh, then we truly are a, a cursed bunch. But we start this weekend at the South Coast, where we find out. If once again, Justin has put his Michael Eisner anecdote into the preview, take it away. I just left it in there. I don't think I got to give it last time. Right. I think I wrote the preview and didn't do it. But I will just say that I've always sort of been curious why uh, Portsmouth is very, uh, you know, sort of well-known uh, amongst football fans. Uh, but I realized that they were a Premier League team. They were they won the FA Cup. Premier League team. They won the FA Cup in 2008. And what I realized is that that's the era when they were actually meaningful, is the era that most Americans actually became Premier League fans because they started following the Invincibles or the Istanbul Liverpool team. So <laughs> that's where most people want to talk it up, um, like they know these clubs. But uh yeah, uh, I, I believe we talked about last year, actually. Portsmouth is uh, strange. It's a huge, very, very old uh, city on the dead south coast of England um, on a little island. Uh, it's been a port town since the Roman Empire times. Um, and the nickname of Pompey 
is uh, many, many reasons for it. Uh, and the nickname is for the city predating the club. Uh, it was formed on April 5th, 1898, which is my son's birthday, not the 1898 part, of course. Um, you know, they've been in the football league since 1920, uh, won a couple top flight titles in the late 40s and 50s. And as you alluded to, had a nice little spell in the 2000s where they won the 2008 FA Cup. They were in the Premier League as late as 2010, uh, but administration uh, took all that away. Uh, they are one of only five clubs to have won all four divisions, but as we know, you'd have to be a real loser club to brag about winning the fourth division because some of us have never bothered to uh, go to the fourth division. Uh, they're big rivals with Southampton, and yes, their current uh, chairman is Michael Eisner, who... Uh, I am, through my wife's family, has uh, relations with the Eisners, and I found myself in their uh, Manhattan uh, apartment, uh, probably a good 40 stories up over Central Park. And uh, you better believe I took the opportunity to take a shit in Michael Eisner's bathroom. Um, he also had a phone in his bathroom, and this was probably 20 years ago. So... Uh, and most people did not have phones in their bathroom back then, certainly not cell phones. Uh, they're playing at Fratton Park uh, this weekend. Fratton Park has been uh, Portsmouth's only home ever, and it's fairly recognizable with their mock Tudor facade. It's actually a pretty cool-looking park. It's a nice change of pace from uh, the usual uh, away grounds in this league. That's a great call. That's a great call. <laughs> it's, yeah. absolutely, it's a legitimately nice-looking park outside of that, too, but yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good call. Um, so the other one, Jeff, and here's always your opportunity. There is a link in my uh, uh, in my uh, preview notes uh, to talk about their manager. So I had totally forgotten they started the season with Danny Cowley as their manager, uh, which had slipped my mind. He was fired on January second, and they hired. Uh, and for some reason, his name always comes up as John Michael Lewis uh, Mosinho. Uh, so I, I was like, oh, who is this guy? And I saw that he was only 36. And I was like, oh, my goodness, uh, that's very young. And then I looked up, uh, clicked on his Wikipedia page, and he played collegiate soccer here in the States at the University of Notre Dame. And then went back to England and played on all manner of third and fourth division teams. Like, just looking down that list is... Brentford loaned to Woking, Slowtown, Yeti, then Wickham, then Stevenage, then Preston, then Gillingham, then Stevenage, then Burton Albion, and then Oxford United. And it was proper well lower league defensive defender career there. Yeah. Oh my goodness, it's it's beautiful. Um, but he, he seems to be actually a pretty interesting guy. So while he was at Oxford, he uh, had a pretty severe injury, missed a whole season, and when he came back actually signed with them as a player coach and uh, helped out there with Carl Robinson's uh, staff. He also was elected uh, chairman of the uh, uh, Professional Footballers Association, basically their players union. Uh, he was elected chairman of the board uh, for them. So he's obviously a bright guy, um, obviously knows his stuff. And he was the player coach at Oxford until January 20th, where he was hired for his first job uh by them so uh so far this year portsmouth is in 10th uh 
you know, very upper mid table there. Uh, they play Barnsley tomorrow. They're good, you know, eight, nine points and a, a few teams out of the playoff spots, but they're on a nice run. They've won six of 10 and are a plus seven under the new management. They're solid at home uh, and very good form. They're third in the form table right now. Uh, now, I had zero recollection of this. We uh, played them the very first game this season. Um, and uh, uh, Johnson scored. Fizz had a, a It's like a wild 3-3, if I recall correctly. I yeah, do actually remember it, this game exactly a little right. bit. Yeah, I had zero memory of it, other than Gregory getting his second yellow and kind mm. of stomping off and thinking, fuck, the dude just got, got a suspension <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. first game of the season. Um so what's actually interesting, what I tried to look at is is since this coach's committee's made some changes um, from the Cowleys, he switched to a back four, um, and he actually played a couple games and then made a couple moves to change up uh, who played where, and they've been on, again, the third best run in the league over the last six. Um, so Colby Bishop, who was there uh, before, is – very good in the air, a large man, and their lone uh, central forward. He moved Michael Jacobs off the wing and made him the number 10, and he's been really controlling things. And they have uh, Ronan Curtis and Owen Dale are up front as well. When they're in possession, those four will push way up and attack. So, you know, that's what we're looking at. Their, their central midfield, uh, their two holders in the – you know, four, two, three, one, or Ryan Tunnicliffe and Joe Morrill. Tunnicliffe is the, you know, director of things, uh, also takes their corners. And Joe Morrill is the destroyer role. Uh, they have two center backs. We're good in the air. Uh, Connor Ogilvy is their left back. He's got four goals and they've got uh, names that people should remember. Joe Piggott and Dane Scarlett uh, attacking forwards coming off the bench. So uh, given their, fairly good home form they're good recent form uh their manager who you know when i was going through games there were a couple of uh you know you can actually see when they make a tactic shift if you're looking at who scored and uh last game that they had he made a tactic shift uh mid game that was the or i'm sorry not that game the 3-1 over bolton it was 1-1, and he switched to a 4-4-2 to match Bolton, and they promptly took off and, and scored two more and dominated the game. So we've got a good manager. We've got a game on the road, uh, got some attacking talent. I, I like the fact that their big man up front is the key to everything because we've got a big man in the back to yeah. match him. Uh, so I'm comfortable with that. But, you know, I'd expect a, a close game. So uh, away at Pompey always feels like a nil-nil or a one-one to me. And I, yeah. look, I'd, I'd sign up for a kind of cagey one-one right now, but but I'm right high. Go there and get three points, right? I know it's a long trip. Love it. But just go there and get three points. They 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 should still they, again. This is a better squad than any other team in the league. Look, they, they're going to be a trip up at some point, but just keep winning. That's what I want. I love it. It's been episode two hundred eight of the Owls Americast. Find us on the internet at owlsamericas.com. Email the show at owlsamericas at gmail.com. Find and follow us on Twitter at owlsamericas. Our podcast intro and bumpers are fellow Wednesday as forever to the makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, 
probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show, just do what feels right. And wherever you choose Consuming Owls AmeriCast, we ask that you rate and review the show. It helps more Wednesdays find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Justin, I should note that t-shirts for the national meetup have been ordered, and Patty will distribute them in Charleston. So which t-shirt did you order? Uh, oh, the owl. I, the owl, uh, the owl, and the palmetto yeah, tree or whatever be... it is. Yeah. No, yeah, no, no, no. I... Uh... No offense, Tommy, or any other <laughs> fine members of South Carolina. The Sheffield Wednesday a, uh, group, there should be an owl on the shirt. Yeah, and I've got some uh, you know, Northeastern American bias mm. against uh, probably South Carolina as a whole. So uh, there was no, I was not going to represent uh, the palmetto tree, but rather the uh, the mighty and wise massive owl. <laughs> I'm on Twitter, at Jeff Paternostra. I'll leave more chat about the massive owls and hopefully a massive result next week. <laughs>